This is the Commercial Property Cashflow Blueprint Podcast. Big Cashflow Property Secrets from retired Byron Bay surfing fanatic and commercial property expert, James Dawson. I get lots and lots of questions that come into my member-only commercial website, and I thought it'd be a great little podcast just to run through some of the more common questions that come in every month. A question that comes in a lot, if commercial property's value is based on the rent that's bringing in, how can you work out the value of a property that's been vacant for some time? Does it just go back to land value? Look, not generally just to land value, and there's lots of points to consider, but you really need to work out the value of the property if, as if it was going to be leased, but then you need to discount, you know, obviously the rental amount perhaps to get it leased quicker than anything else. So let's say you're looking at a vacant shop that's in a street and all the shops are, are rented at $400 a week. You might do your numbers, for example, on $350 a week for that property, but then you need to allow all the costs, of course, to lease that property up. So let's say the value of that property came up at, you know, I'm just guessing at the top of my head, but let's say it was $350,000. Let's say that you worked out that value or rough value and there was maybe some recent sales that backed that up as well. You would then need to discount that back. You're using the cap rates for, for recent sales, of course, in the area. Hopefully you can find those out from the agent. And then you need to discount it back because it might take you six months to lease the shop. It might take you... Uh, some cash to input to the shop to paint that, make it look good. You've got marketing expenses. You've got the agent's commission that you need to pay. So you might come back and find that you know, out of that $350,000, you're going to have to spend $40,000 to get that leased up. There might be some incentives you want to pay to the person that uh, is going to lease that. So your offer may be under $300,000 for that property with an end value that may be realistically three fifty dollars and hopefully up. Expressions of interest, never my favorite way of buying, but a great question came in. Can you say a bit about how you approach this sale method when purchasing? And I actually have never bought a property that's expressions of interest. I have bought a residential property in the last uh, 18 months that uh, you know was going to auction and essentially was a little bit like expressions of interest because I just had to keep trying to outbid everyone else. So it was a terrible way to buy and very stressful but uh, it was adjoining another property that I owned, so I, I did want to buy it and successfully bought the property. As I mentioned, residential property can often be an emotional buy. This one was a bit of a, a strategic buy for us at the time, so in the end it's worked out fine and the valuation uh, just luckily has come up more than I paid, so that's been great. Now, you know, of course, the agents, uh, it's a bit of a lazy way to sell. Uh, the agents say expressions of interest, so everyone's got to do the work. You know, no one has to put a price on it. You know, they're telling you that there's all this um, interest in the property. Of course, you've got no idea whether that's true or not. So it's very, very difficult. And I make some notes here, and I'll post that up. Just you know, it's an easy and lazy way, as I say, for an agent to sell it. I recently actually looked at a backpacker building that was adjoining another property that I'm involved with in Newcastle, and I sent the agent an email. I said, "Look, could you give me a price range?" and some more info and the agent came back saying make your own inquiries and I thought well that's a bit weird because I thought that's what I, exactly what I was doing in the first place I was inquiring of the person who should have been able to provide me with information so basically I just walked away from that property even uh, with that property and I said look I own the property next door you know surely that would mean that I'm a little bit serious I said it was a bit tough I don't live in the area so 
you know, I was doing my homework, but you know, you've not given me any information, no response. So in that particular campaign of expressions of interest, it failed. And often that you'll see that these expressions of interest campaigns will fail. So my uh, recommendation is when you're looking at something that's expressions of interest is perhaps do all your homework on the property. uh, But ultimately, if it's a property that you're really very keen to buy or you've got some upside in that property that you, you know, really want to engage, that, you know, you really need to spend some money before uh, you even make an offer. And that would be by way of getting a valuation, you're getting a solicitor involved. I mean, certainly don't sign anything without getting your lawyer to look at it. Don't sign any documents that the agent's going to give you, uh, you know, an expression of interest form, something like that. Uh, I certainly would get your solicitor to review anything like that. It's just to me, I think there's so many deals available that it's probably my last uh, point of call. And uh, as I say, unless the property was really fantastically interesting to you because of a massive hidden upside, but you know, you've got to take all the motion out of it, uh, stick to your numbers, and uh, you know, really, evaluation is going to be a fantastic uh, part of your due diligence here. And another great question. Great question. Quality or quantity? If you had a budget to invest in commercial property, say two million over a short period of time, are you better off buying eight to ten properties between two hundred and four hundred, or one to two larger properties with a quality tenant? Now, look, this, uh, and you know, he goes on to say about the vacancy risk, etc. Now, this really comes into play your personal personal risk profile and your circumstances. Let's say you had a rather large uh, property portfolio already, you might be quite happy buying a single tenant property like a Bunnings store or something like that. But I certainly believe that uh, starting as a commercial investor, it would probably be less risky to have a multi-tenant property or several standalone properties than one single tenant property. Sorry. Each deal should be taken on its own merits and you might find a large single tenant property that's got great upsides that can be engaged at some stage. So that would sort of perhaps change that opinion. But also, you know, if you were spending, say, $2 million, it might be better to buy a property. It might be a small shopping centre. They might have shops and offices, might have eight tenants. And the great upside with that could be uh, strata tightening that into individual properties. And that would could be a great risk reduction strategy as well. And of course, leases are going to be a huge thing if you buy a single tenant property. And you know, perhaps not so much if you buy a property that's got eight tenants in there because some of the leases might be short, some might be long, and you might in fact want some of them to be short because you may be able to increase the rents if they uh, leave that uh, tenancy down the track. So there's lots to come into this. It's sort of horses for courses. But I personally am all about, you know, trying to have as less risk as possible. And it would seem to me, particularly when you're starting out, that you're probably better off to have multiple properties or certainly a property that's got multiple tenants and the possibility of strata titling. Great question here. What happens to cap rates if a few years down the track interest rates start to rise? I'm trying to assess the downside risk in the capital value of a property if we revert back to more normal rates at some stage, particularly if it's, especially if it's 100% geared. When do banks typically revalue the asset if capital rates or property values fall? So there's a couple of points here. Cap rates do tend to follow interest rates. So when rates go up, historically, cap rates tend to follow and vice versa. The next point here also, of course, if you're buying well and buying at a better than average cap rate, this should give you a buffer. So 
For example, if you buy a property that's showing you a net return of 8% when most sales are around 7 this is going to protect you a little bit if the cap rate in that location rises to, say, 8% in four years' time because you've already had that advantage of having something that you're four years in front of the game a little bit. So if your strategy is to use a positive cash flow to pay down the debt, this is further going to protect you. So obviously it's going to be positive cash flow now given our interest rates of, say, 5% or even under with commercial loans at the moment. So if you're paying down the debt of that, you're getting this compounding effect and further protecting your position. Now, regarding banks revaluing assets, and my experience is, and it's only my experience that I can talk from, of course, that they may only require revalue when you're seeking to release equity at the end of the, or at the end of a fixed period loan that you may have. So if your facility is for five years, for example, that may uh, occur at the end of that period. This information obviously is in the loan documents. You really want to go through that with your lawyer and perhaps your accountant as well. Now, I would say that the value, if bought correctly, would be unlikely to fall from your purchase price over a medium term to say five years. And that's particularly if you you know, obviously bought well, which is what I suggest you do in the first place. So very important to buy correctly. You know, I've actually seen a number of deals and a number of deals lately where the sellers bought say five years ago and they paid too much five years ago and they're only just you know, getting their original price back or struggling to even get that. It really backs up the importance of buying well in the first place.